Today, we're going to talk with my friend Ben Peck. Uh, ben Peck is an experienced designer in Salt Lake City, Utah, and is the co-founder of the Front Conference, which is a conference for uh, user experience professionals and product managers. That's where Ben and I met for the first time. Um, we didn't get to hang out a lot, but we've hung out a lot on the internet since. Uh, today, we're going to talk about everything that's going on in Ben's world. Hey, what's going on, Ben? Hey, Anthony. It's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for making time. Uh, what's the weather like in Utah? It is getting cold, actually. Really? So it's fall. It's Yeah, it's getting cold. My uh, windshield had a uh, was kind of frosted over this morning. It's wow. starting to chill. That's... I kind of live right up on the mountain, sort of, too, though. So, And Utah's known for... Uh, it's snow, so we're wondering if that's going to come early this year or not. But sometimes it snows before uh, before Halloween, so it's kind of crazy sometimes. That's just a alien concept to me. I mean, it's still ninety something <laughs> t- degrees here oh, wow. in Austin. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's a different place. Well, that's uh, that's that's great. I'm actually thinking about uh, making a trip out there, so maybe we can get together um, together soon. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, just to kick us off here, um, you've changed jobs since we last talked, and um, you're doing some work in conversational UI. What can you say about that? Yeah, so I work for a company called Needle. Um, we do, uh, basically we're a, an e-commerce uh, personal assistant shopping, shopping chat tool. So when you think of uh, a chat, um, you usually think of like customer service chat or uh, post purchase chat, um, but we we're a little bit different. Uh, one of the things that makes us unique is that we have product experts that come along with the chat that we provide. So we we have clients such as uh, Nike, Adidas, Reebok. We have uh, fifty or so different clients. They range from different categories. Um, we've got Norwegian Cruise Lines. We've got Outlet. That's kind of a, a baby monitor. Um, so. It, it kind of ranges all over the place, but it's a chat tool that basically allows um, product experts. Basically, we're bringing the retail experience of having a, a person there to help you through the purchasing decision, um, but online, the, something that has been missing online. So bringing humans to online shopping, basically. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, I just got back from big... Um Design conference in Dallas this past weekend, and there was a one of the one of those uh, panels that I went to is about um, bots and conversational uh, design. I can't remember the name of the gentleman who put it on, but um, it, it kind of blew my mind. I mean, I know I know that this stuff is exists, but I didn't even really re- realize how accessible bots already were. Um, and we were looking at all the in looking at and exploring. Conversing with all these different bots in face in the Facebook ex- ecosystem, well, I think an example is flowers.com and like it, I, it, it blows my mind to even think that you can do that you can do that. So are you guys like doing this on the sort of uh, e-commerce ex- experience and or are you doing bots for their platforms like Facebook and you know other other offerings or what is the ecosystem of, 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 of these ex- of these experiences for your, that you provide to your customers? Uh, yeah, um, the, to kind of give you an example is say you're shopping for bas- basketball shoes and you go to Nike.com and you go into the basketball section. Um, when you go into that section, 
a lot of times you'll kind of see with with other uh, chats, you kind of see a some sort of live chat link up at the top, or or some some sort of thing pops up. Um, we don't actually kind of we we have a thing called a an invite that we that we use. Um, that when you go into the basketball section of of Nike, uh, you'll be invited to uh, chat with chat with someone with a basketball expert actually, and um, but we don't serve it to you right away. We wait until we we have this cool kind of targeting system where we know how long you've been on a a particular page, and when you've been on a page for a certain amount of time, we kind of know that you have you have some interest in that particular product um, and we can put it on specific parts of your website too um, so we serve that chat when we feel you're more ready to actually have a conversation with someone so it's kind of a similar and then a chat comes up and you're chatting with them right on nike.com um, about that product and it, it actually shows the, the the expert gives a bio of them um, and you can have a conversation and you know who you're talking to immediately. Um, uh, we're playing around with the idea of doing a bot. Um, kind of, we, we don't know if we're sold on the idea of bots yet. Uh, cause oh, wait, so act- you're talking to a real person. Yeah, we're actually talking to a real person. Oh. We, we have bots that we have for the experts. Um, so on the on the back end, we have our own um, what we call an advocate console. Think of like a, a homegrown Slack for all of our experts, um, and so there'll be a bunch of Nike experts waiting to talk to people. Um, but we and we have another tool that we call Answers that basically pops up and. Um, knows kind of what page you're on and gives you suggestions of questions that people have asked about that particular product. Um, so we have a little bit of a bot um, for more of the um, the shyer people that don't actually want to have a, a live conversation with a real person. But we have a, it's a bit of a combination of the both. Wow. Okay. So I have a couple questions for you. So if it's a real life expert and they're talking to a customer, that customer is especially for a company like Nike, already fairly aware of what Nike means as a brand and the tone of the, or the experience on the, you know, the the mobile app or the website. How does this expert um, bring those brand values to that conversation? Like how, how, how are they coached and guiding a potential customer through a shopping experience in a, in a written form? Um, Usually, these experts uh, have owned these products, and it's actually a requirement. Uh, the The majority of them do own the products that they're that they're talking about. So, take a, a Sonos expert that we have, um, or when we vet out these experts, they have to actually own a Sonos speaker. They have to own uh, multiple cameras. Uh, SLR cameras, if they're for an Adorama expert or um, XYZ, so they actually bring um, uh, real world knowledge to it, rather than kind of a trained customer service expert that's following a script or mm-hmm. um, some other uh, way of trying to teach that person 
to know what they're talking about. They actually know what they're talking about. They've either played basketball in a intermediate amateur level or sometimes at an expert in an expert level. Um, some of our soccer player soccer experts for for Adidas um, actually played like pro level soccer. Um, so they're not just your typical kind of uh, retail sales associate type people they're so, actual experts so what do you guys uh, how can what can you say about what you guys are doing or how you guys your design team is working in the uh, around the conversational UI realm uh, and it might be really interesting if you could maybe even talk about like what kind of skills are necessary um, to, to succeed in that that area I mean because it's obvious that these sort of things are just like drones and you know AI and conversational UI, I mean, is you know it's going to it's it's happening right now. So if someone were going to come work for you and your team, like what what do those skill sets look like to be successful in doing these things? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, really, it's uh, as a product designer, you have to be more than a, a typical visual designer, or um, you have to be able to it's it's kind of like Pixar so when you when you want to work for Pixar um, you have to be a good storyteller as well as a good animator you can't just be good at the the tool sets and the visual and the creativity you have to be able to tell a good story um, and that's kind of a requirement for us because when you think of messaging or the conversational UI or trying to understand, a good conversation. Um, when you want to try to create a bot that sits in front of a, an actual person to kind of give them information, because that's what we're kind of working through right now of of what what can a bot actually do well. I mean, computers are great at computing, and humans are great at at feelings and emotion. So we could solve a lot of like the common answers that we that our experts get and. They don't want to waste their time having to answer like a very simple question like does does this come in size nine? Um, so you kind of have to figure out how to tell a story, how to have a conversation, and teach a, a, a computer to do that for you um, in a natural way, so that the transition from um, going from a, a bot to a to a human is is natural. So. I guess storytelling, understanding how people are, pe- how people talk, user research yeah. uh, are really important to the type of designers that we're looking for. Are you are you guys able to find the kind of designers you're looking for in your local market? Um, it's it's getting it. I think that there's a great product design community here in Utah. Um, there's definitely this this sense of people wanting to help one another become better better at product design. Uh, when it comes to traditional education, I feel like they're lacking. They're not keeping up with the the needs of the type of designer that the industry needs right now, especially in tech. Um, tech is just moving so fast that the world just can't keep up with it. And um, so we're, we're seeing... Uh, what I've tried to do is augment that kind of education um, with this group that we we call the Product Design Association, um, a, a group which uh, 
Andy Wade and I, Andrew Branch, um, Wade Shearer and, and I kind of have had been running for, uh, for eight or nine years. Um, I didn't jump in until about two or three years ago. Um, but Andy had been doing it for, for quite a while, but basically this group was created. It was first, uh, an IXDA chapter, and then we changed it to the product design association. Um, because, uh, we saw this shift and we didn't want it to just be focused on interaction models. And we wanted to include product managers and more team members because that's kind of what the real world is like when you're in a company, you're working with a team, um, making decisions. Um, so we created that, that product design association and we hold monthly events. Um, right now I'm running it. Andy and Wade are focusing on on front right now and i run it with uh another person named uh, mariah hay who is the the vp of product for pluralsight but yeah it's it's a really good group and i think we're augmenting and helping product designers um designers that were traditionally um visual designers or um or some other like industrial designers to that are interested in product design. That's that's really rad. So um, earlier you were telling me that that's the, through this organization is where the Front Conference um, came from. Um, so those of you that are listening that don't know about Front, um, it's a conference uh, that Ben and his partners put on in Salt Lake City. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's centered around product design and product management. I, I, I we took the fun size team. Uh, the whole team out there, uh, not this year, but last year, it was really, really cool. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that event and where um, what you're trying to accomplish with it and where where it's headed? Yeah, um, yeah. The Product Design Association we got we got so big with the Product Design Association, uh, we got to about 1,800 members here in Utah, and we said we should just make a legit conference. So. Uh, here in Utah, um, we were kind of tired of trying to convince our bosses of uh, to give us thousands of dollars to fly out to South by Southwest or <laughs> any other conference. Um, and we said, well, let's just bring them to us. Uh, so we created Front um, and we just like n- nights, weekends, we just organized a, a conference, invited people that uh, we respect in the industry. Um, I think Peter Merholtz was kind of one of the reasons why you came out because you had a connection with him and we invited him to come speak and um, Marty Kagan and, and a lot of the local leaders as well here in Utah to, to just speak at, at a more dedicated conference, take them away from their desks. Um, and we convinced 350 people to come in 2015 and it's just been growing and people have been really excited about it. But so how many, how many people in 2015, 2015, we had, when you came, it was 350 people. And then this lot this year, 2016 was 600. So you pretty much doubled it. Yeah. So something worked in 2015. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we we realized it, it that 2015 was really kind of a trial run. Was could we actually do this? Um, and would people come to Utah? Would the Utah community take the time out to come 
to go to the conference. Um, and they obviously did. They, they learned a lot. And it, and it is centered around product design, product management, around internal teams, software, SaaS companies, um, internal uh, teams for, for tech companies. And there's a large tech community here in Utah that I don't know if people really realize exists here. Um, so uh, Front is has been growing quite a bit, and this this year, a lot of people said that last 2015 was was good, and this year was was great. I mean, we we stepped up our our game. We had um, we had games there. We had uh, we had a bit bigger better, better venue. Um, we we did the food trucks again, which everybody loves. Yeah, um, and. I mean, I feel like we're creating a not just a a learning community, people uh, being able to do their jobs better, but also like uh, we're creating an actual environment where people can actually share uh, what they're doing, how they're doing it, how to be better, um, and get to know each other better. This year, we took longer breaks in between each. Uh, we'd have a couple speakers and then we'd take a longer break so that the conversation between people and the topics that they were hearing about could actually happen. Because there's a lot of learning that happens between just in conversations with 10 or so, 10 oh, or less yeah. people. So that's, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, um, I'm, I'm just from a personal point of view, I'm really curious. Um, how long does it take to plan a conference? Like I mean, I know it's I know it's nights and weekends and anywhere you find time. But if you had to quantify it, like <laughs> someone's going to plan a conference, like how much dedication does it take to do to do it? <laughs> it 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 takes a lot of dedication. So there's three of us doing it, um, and then we have volunteers on top of that. Um, and it, I mean, we're we're working on the conference uh, all year round. I mean, we we work on it. Um, I don't know how how I would quantify it as far as like hours, but it. Uh, I used to do freelance work, and there's no way I can do freelance work and okay. do a conference. Yeah. There's it's it's almost the equivalent of just having a, a all of your freelance time that you would spend in the evenings. Um, I've been putting towards the conference, and on top of that, product design association. Uh, so it's I almost kind of think of like. Front is the fire, and the Product Design Association is kind of like the fuel that feeds the fire as well. So, like it continues on throughout the year, just events w- once or twice a month, and then we have a, a big event. Okay, um, so is that what you're doing in Park City then, like these workshops? So, yeah. So the first year we did uh, speakers and workshops. This year we didn't do um, workshops for the front event, we decided to separate those out and we're kind of doing affectionately, we call it front and back. So Wasatch front mountains and the Wasatch back. So front will always be in Salt Lake city. And, and the idea is, is back will always be in park city. Mm-hmm. Um, and back is kind of, well, front park city, um, which we affectionately call back, um, is basically everything that you learned at front, um, go try to put it into practice through these workshops. So you get to pick um, four workshops um, for two f- two full days of of uh, of learning. So 
Um, plus, we're doing it in the winters. So since Utah is very well known for their snow, um, we're, we feel like that's a great time to kind of come, do some skiing, and just practice being better at uh, better product designers, better product managers, working better as teams. So, yeah, that's kind of the idea around it. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, so for... Um, is Front happening again? In, I suppose it is in, in 2017, or when's the next event? Yeah, so Salt Lake City Front next year will be um, May 9th and 10th in 2017, and uh, Park City is in January, uh, January 5th and 6th. Are you guys oh, looking for um, speaking proposals? Um, for Salt Lake City, yes, we are currently right now. Um, we've got a we've got some some speakers kind of lined up, um, but we're still looking for people right now. Yeah. How does uh, how does someone submit a topic? Um, we don't really have a uh, a formal way of submitting submitting uh, the the speakers. We kind of take. Uh, we kind of handpick them, um, but if you're interested, you can you can always email me at ben at frontutah dot com. Um, so, and we can we'd we'd be happy to kind of hear what you what you have to say. We're the conference really is a case study conference. We want actual practitioners that are within companies that can showcase um, something that they've learned, whether that's uh, something that didn't go well, something that did go well, um, working through difficult problems. So for instance, um, this year we had a a product designer and a product manager from Asana that showcased their redesign of Asana and the challenges that it, that it takes to launch a full redesign. Um, and the things that they learned along the way, things that that, that did work with the redesign and things that didn't through user testing. And, and it was a great example of a, of a good case study um, experience of working in-house with a, with a software product. Oh, that's cool. So what, I mean, on a personal level, what are you, what are you learning by doing, by doing this event? Oh, it's been intense ever since we, we created front. I, I feel overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge that I've gotten specifically just as the organizer of the conference. I, um, I can't retain it all. I mean, I've, it's been a humbling experience to just be, uh, I mean, conferences are, are only conferences with people like people make the conference. So I didn't, uh, the, the people actually make the conference and the the amount of support that we've gotten and and excitement around the conference has been amazing and I mean I have to spend nights just digesting the things that I've learned I'm still um, digesting everything that we learned last May and in at front so I, I can only imagine do you videotape everything. Uh, this year we did videotape everything and we published it all. So I've I've re- rewatched it multiple times, and it's great a, a great resource to have to kind of remember the things that that were said there. So how does someone find that? Is it for purchase or is it available online? Uh, we actually, yeah, it's actually free. It's all on Vimeo on our front um, front account. So just Vimeo at 
slash front Utah. Oh, cool. I'm writing that down. I'll put, I'll put that in the show notes so people can find that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so, you know, the, out of the things that we've talked about so far, I mean, it seems like Ben Peck has dedicated his life to furthering um, the 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 local design community and design education in general. Would you say that's true? I mean, is that it, how would you describe who who you are and what drives you? That's a deep question. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have a lot of passion around um, just designers, the design community here locally. Um, I I have a, a strong love for Utah in general. Um, so, I mean, I was born and raised here, and um, I would say that that yeah, I think a lot of my passion revol- revolves around just helping other product designers, product managers, um, and the community uh, just be better at what they do, um, and and also in a very selfish way be better at what I do in my everyday job at here at needle and being a better designer. Um, that was one of the main reasons why, why we created Funt was so that we could get more knowledge here on a regular basis at a lower cost. Um, so it's been, it's been amazing. And, um, I feel privileged to, to be part of that. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's fantastic. I think there's a lot of parallels between the Utah community and the Austin community, um, as it seems. I I, t- I spent a been uh, Ben Klein and I will talk on the phone every now and then. And actually, I met him for the first time because I w- came to your conference and I had the ability to go visit his studio. Now he's one of my buds. Um, but I think it's kind of the same thing. Like um, you know these these small cities that have great people that seem to be rallied around the concept of let's make this place where we live a, a great place for this kind of work i mean you know for more people to move in and and um, build businesses in our our cities like you know uh, salt lake and, and austin but also to make sure that the design community there are is prepared for those jobs um yeah and that's something that um I'm originally from Texas, but I spent um, near nearly a decade in New York City. And when I came back and we started this company, it was very hard for us to find the talent, the the types of designers we needed to be uh, to be to be successful in the kind of business that we were trying to run. Luckily, we we met the right crew, and not everyone had all the skill sets, but we found a way to build each other up. But I, I see that happening here a lot too. Companies are coming to Austin, um, but the the design community is still, I think, uh, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the community's a little behind. And you know what? There's no, now that I think about it, there is no, there is no product design conference in, in Austin. Uh, at least there's so much, there's so much going on in the tech world. I don't know if it's the same way where you're at, but there's so many events uh, for engineers and technologists and business and venture capital, but not a lot of, not a lot of uh, conferences here. I might need to, Ping your uh, ping you about <laughs> behind the scenes and, and and figure out if it's worth doing. Um, but to circle back, so you you have a day job, a needle, and you're you're involved in in running this product design association, and you're planning the front conference and the, and the back, um, and you're helping a lot of people 
um, grow and learn and, and do all these things for the community. And you just said that uh, selfishly it helps you grow. Um, how, do you have time, like with all these things that you're doing, like how are you, how are you, how are you leveling up in, in, um, in your, in your practice, in your practice areas? Uh, it sounds like you have, you know, it sounds like uh, you're busy. I'm just curious, like, how are you, how are you making sure you, you're leveling up? Uh, yeah, I, um, it's a, it's really hard to find balance. I've almost kind of given up on the idea of, of balance just in general. It's just, it's more about priorities for me. Um, and really, I mean, I don't want to leave out my family. I mean, I've got my wife and my four kids and luckily I have a wife that really supports and sees the passion that I'm, that I'm doing. And, uh, with this, with front and with the product design association. And I appreciate her for that. And, um, it's really great to see my kids, uh, run around with their front, uh, backpack on or, um, and just talk about, the conference. Um, but to find like, to answer your question, I mean, I feel like I would not be a better designer if I didn't have the product design association or front. Um, I feel I went to Utah state. I went to BYU. I got a good visual design degree. Um, and I, I learned the core basics of design principles, but they didn't teach me about, um, how, how the industry was. I had to learn on the job. I, um, so I feel like, um, I feel like that is a big part of my growth is the product design association. I, and I still feel like that has to, has to happen. I, I agree with you that, that the, um, the kids coming out of schools aren't prepared as I would like them to be to, to run, hit the ground running, um, as a product designer. Um, and I'm trying to help, help with that with, uh, the local, I mean, we have a Slack group with 400 or so people in it, um, as part of the product design association. And that's the conversation is just happening all the time. And, um, it's really hard. I, sometimes I have to turn that off sometimes it's just too much for me and sometimes I just, it just feels, feels me like crazy. So, um, just having a good set of, uh, priorities, I think, um, sometimes you have to put down the phone. Sometimes you, you, you can find that content and it just fuels the fire. So yeah, it's, it's difficult balance for sure. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. Most of my, most of my career, I'd been one of the guys that was, you know, responsible for 70, 80, 90% of all the pixels and built this company up and quickly found myself in a position where I was trying to do all of that hands-on work and do all the creative direction work and do business development and do marketing. And, and I take educate, education very seriously too. I've always, I've my entire entire career. I've always had an apprentice. I've always felt that that was a um, something that I should do for a reason. I don't know. I just always felt like I needed to. But then I kind of ended up in this position where I was like, well, kind of. I don't really know what my priorities are. You know, my some of the designers at Fun Size were like, you need to design more, Anthony. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I, but when I realized that 
all I truly cared about was um, making great designers. I, I think it was able to help me um, create some priority in the way I spend my time. And I, de- I definitely respect what, what you're doing. I'm sure the people love you for, for what you're doing for the local community. And that's great that it's um, doing good and um, blowing up. Well, thanks. I, th- yeah. I think out of all the agencies that I know, I, I think you guys are, are really rocking it. You guys know the difference between, um, you know how to work with a tech company. You know how, you know, you understand what product design is and um, how an internal company works and how you can kind of augment that. And it's, um, personally, I feel like all designers should pay attention to what's happening on the agency side of designers as well as in-house. Um, I strongly feel like you can learn a lot from both sides of everything. So Yeah, I agree. I appreciate that. So um, should should I assume that Front 2017 is going to be uh, double in size again? Um, th- that's a good question. <laughs> we, uh, that was the main question that we uh, discussed right after Front this year was, okay, are we going to just kind of continue to just make it as big as possible and just accommodate as many people? Because we, we had to turn a lot of people away this year towards the once we got closer to the conference. And that kind of made us sad, partially because we just want to be able to, to provide this information and this experience to everyone. Um, but it really changes the experience. The bigger you get, I mean, I don't think I could have a full-time job and run front if we made it any bigger it it completely changes the way that that the conference feels um to keep that the feeling that we currently have right now i think 600 was like a good amount so um our next venue that we have uh, booked for next year uh, i think fits about 680 so we're not planning on going any larger than that. I mean, if we get to the point where we sell out super quick after we've got the speakers announced, um, I think that uh, I think that we we may we've thought about the idea of, of streaming it live or um, or providing some other way for other people that that couldn't get in to to be able to see it. We're still debating on whether. Yeah. how or what, what we do there. but That makes sense. I don't really know what I'm talking about. It but it seems like if you get any bigger than that, then it's hard to do a single track and potentially have that you know same vibe that you described earlier. Yeah, and, and you see conferences out there that have tried to approach it in different ways, such as uh, Event Apart. They just have decided to kind of go on a road show and and just take it to city to city, um, but keep kind of a smaller conference to kind of provide those people an opportunity. But, um, and uh, I mean, we'll always be a Utah based company even the, the name front is based off of Wasatch front mountains. I mean, you kind of see that in our logo a little bit. Um, so we'll always be a, a Utah conference and, and we care a lot about the community here in, in Utah first and foremost. And we welcome anyone. I mean, this this year we actually did um, get people from, a lot more people from out of state. We, we got people from over, we got people from 28 states and five countries. So 
we're getting the word out somehow and people are starting to notice it. And I think it's partially because, like you said, there's not very many product design, product management focused conferences out there. Yeah. And there's a need for it. Yeah, there, there definitely is. And um, anyone listening should definitely check out Front. Uh, the mm-hmm. website is frontutah.com and uh, check it out and see if you can make one of their events. Ben, uh, what's next for you? What, what does next year look like for you, you think? Oh, my mind's solely focused on on creating an amazing experience for Needle, um, continuing to to grow the community here locally with Product Design Association and Front, and uh, and just help anyone that I possibly can virtually through Twitter or any other way that I possibly can through speaking with awesome guys like you through podcasts or or whatever I can do um, to help. So that's my plan. What you're doing is very admirable. Uh, why don't you tell us, tell everyone how they can find you on the on the interwebs? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter at, at Ben Peck. Um, I don't have I'm I'm a poor updater of my website, but Ben BenPeck.com um, and uh, and obviously ProductDesignUtah.org and FrontUtah.com. So. That's kind of where where we're at. That's awesome, Ben. I really appreciate you making time to come on the show. I know that you wanted to, uh, you'd prefer to do this in person. Unfortunately, we're um, we're in a temp- I'm using a temporary studio until our new office is built out. But perhaps we can make an in person uh, uh, podcast happen in the future. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> Great. Well, cool. thanks for making time, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks. Thanks everyone for tuning in. This episode of Hustle is brought to you by Envision. Design better, faster, together. Learn more at envisionapp.com. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital product design studio that crafts delightful digital user experiences with inspiring product companies. Follow us at HustleCast and FunSize on Twitter. 